Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. The Lord Jesus said to His followers that the Spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are you ever surprised at how spiritual you can be one moment and how fleshly you can be the next? How you can walk in victory and sense the presence of God and then in the very next moment have the most awful thoughts, say the most awful things. How is that possible? Oh, may I say to you, that's, that's not new at all. As a matter of fact, you see that sad cycle repeated over and over again in the example of the children of Israel. We've come in our study journeying through Scripture to the book of Judges. Now, you'll remember in our last study we journeyed through Joshua. Joshua was full of victory, but Judges is full of defeat. In Joshua there was progress, but in Judges decline. In Joshua faith, but in Judges unbelief. In Joshua, joy, but in Judges, sorrow. In Joshua, freedom, but in Judges, bondage. Does that sound familiar to you? Does it sound like the great struggle between the flesh and spirit in your own life? One moment we're heavenly minded, it seems, and the next moment we're earthly minded. Well, why do we move from Joshua to Judges? Why do we go from such victory and blessing in the land of Canaan following the Lord to such defeat? and such conflict in the book of Judges? Well, the answer is given twice in the book of Judges. The key verse is actually given in two different places, both near the end of the book. The first is in Judges chapter 17 and verse 6, where the Bible says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And then, interestingly enough, that is repeated almost verbatim at the very last verse of the book. Judges chapter 21 verse 25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You see, after the death of Joshua, the people quit obeying God. They had had one king, and that king was the Lord. They had been a theocracy. God was the one ruling and reigning over them. But now suddenly, they've chosen not to obey that king. Now, God was still the king. Oh, he was still on the throne. But the people were not committed to their king. They were not yielded to their king. And so because of this, God had to raise up what He called judges. This book actually gets its name from 13 judges, 12 of them chosen by God. One of them was a usurper who ruled over the land during this very difficult period of time in Israel's history. As a matter of fact, some people have called this the Dark Ages in Israel's history. Indeed, it was a very dark period. And may I say to you, any time you're not under God's ruling presence, it is a very dark period. Now, the Lord's still there. Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, the name Lord is found 178 times in this book. But oh, how often we call Him Lord and yet do not allow Him to rule and reign over us. Remember, Jesus talked about those who called Him Lord, Lord, but did not do the things that He said. Oh, that's a picture of Israel at this particular time. And so God sends judgment. 
there's seven oppressions. There's an oppression from Mesopotamia, from Moab, from the Canaanites, from Midian, from Abimelech, from the Ammonites, from the Philistines. Wave after wave of judgment. And what is God doing? God's trying to get their attention. May I ask you, is God trying to get your attention today? And if so, what does He have to do to get your attention? Are you willing to hear His word and heed His caution and His chastening? Or will it take something more severe like it did in the nation of Israel? The amazing thing is not only do you see His judgment, but you also see His mercy. You see, there were seven oppressions, but interestingly enough, there were twelve God-appointed judges. I wish you had time to talk to you about them. We know more about some than others, of course, but you have people like Othniel and Ehud and Shamgar. There's a woman named Barak, and she's teamed together with a military leader named Barak. Uh, there is Gideon, there is Tola, there's Jair, there's Jephthah, there's Ibzan and Elon and Abdon. And then the one that is spoken of more than any other because he was the judge during the longest oppression, the oppression of the Philistines, was the man by the name of Samson. It's interesting, we call these men and women judges. The book actually never calls them that. But the word judge is used in relationship to God Himself. These men and women were representatives of the true judge. God was using them to judge Israel at this particular period. One of the things that stood out to me in the book of Judges is though there are seven judgments, there are twelve judges. Can I remind you that though God is a God of judgment, He's always a God of mercy. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And whatever sin is in your life today, God's mercy is abundant for that if you'll look to Him. And whatever struggle you're dealing with today, God's mercy is sufficient for that if you'll trust Him. You see, the sad story of the book of Judges is a story of anarchy. There was no rule. There was no boundary. In the words of Scripture, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I'm thinking now of the Scripture that says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, apostasy is always connected to anarchy. When people start doing their own thing, when they fail to obey God, it brings such a departure from light and from truth. This book, when it opens, opens on a note of, of advancement. They're conquering enemies, and yet it ends with such confusion. Why? Because the children of Israel were content to live with their enemies, to allow them to stay, to not drive them out. And because of their disobedience to God, they enter into a period of such darkness. May I say to you, friend, we must obey God completely, which means we must deal with every sin. We must drive out every enemy. We must not rest content to simply say we know God. No, we must say we want the Lord to have all there is of us. We want Him to rule and reign, to sit on the throne of our hearts. I'm telling you, my friend, this cycle is repeated again and again in the nation of Israel. There are seven cycles in this one book alone. But would you pause for a moment and think about your own life? Do you see the same cycles in your own life where you begin with just a little compromise, a little allowance of some sin? It's not too bad. We begin to excuse it. And pretty soon that thing has taken over our life. The thing which we thought we controlled suddenly becomes our master. We become its slave. And so then what do we do? God has to do something to get our attention. We cry out to God for mercy. The Lord sends a deliverance. There's a period of peace and blessing. And then for whatever reason, we go right back to the same fleshly way. 
May I say to you, wherever you are in this cycle today, stop it. Stop right where you are and look to the Lord. These judges were a picture of the true judge, of the true deliverer, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our deliverer. Christ alone can set you free. Christ alone can cause the victory to continue. As long as we live by faith, we continue in victory. And the moment we begin to live in unbelief and disobedience, we enter into a period of defeat. I don't know about you. I'd much rather live in Joshua than in Judges. I'd much rather live today walking in the Spirit than walking in the flesh. May I ask you, would you pause right now and say to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to live in Judges today. I don't want to be earthly minded. I want to set my affection on things above and not on things here on the earth. I want to walk with Christ and live in faith and victory. Make this day a Joshua day and not a Judges day. We've all had our own journey through Judges, haven't we? Let's not enter into that again. Instead, let's determine today by faith and obedience to live the life of victory that God has for all of us. And then, my friend, you'll enjoy the journey. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.